0: Let's go. And we are back. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience once again. For those of you that are new to the podcast, My name is Daniel Ferugia, and I am your friendly podcast host. Uh, It's been a long break. I've been on a hiatus for multiple reasons, which I won't really go into here. But the good news is I'm back, new season, and I will be doing lots of different types of interviews. And most of those interviews in this upcoming season will be with people who I have coached um, over the last few years and who I am currently coaching. And I'll be doing multi-part episodes, so we get an insight into the journey of each athlete as they approach a race and then finish a race, so sort of a pre-race, post-race analysis. And we get a real good insight into what it takes to train for a big race, regardless of whether it's on a road or on a trail or in the mountains or whatever. The very first episode back is featuring none other than Toby Durnell. Now, Toby's from the uk and i have been coaching him for a few years and he is on his way to running several of the biggest races on the planet in the upcoming months and we are going to be talking about that in the first episode so get ready and strap in for a very very interesting conversation with toby durnell What time is it over there, anyway,
1: mate? It is nearly twenty-five past six in the morning, and it is minus one.
0: Really? Oh. Yes. And uh, by the end of this week, where you, where will you be? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so... will it be?
1: <laughs>
0: Was it this week or next week?
1: It's this. It's this week. Yeah. So Thursday of this week, I get out to the airport. Friday morning, I f- fly out to Morocco. Uh, to the Sahara, and then Sunday I start the Marathon de Sable. Yeah,
0: the, the Marathon de Sable de Sable, yes,
1: uh, Marathon uh, of the Sands.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a big week, big uh, temperature change going from minus one to um, such high, possibly very high temperatures, so, yes. yeah
1: forecast at the moment is for the mid 30s which i figure i'll be pretty comfortable with if you think back to my time in queensland i'll be at a different type of heat so should be good yeah
0: yeah <laughs> i'm um, gonna have to be you have no choice and i think it's one of those Indeed. things you can't control it but you can just be ready for it mentally <laughs> um I'm try. So, so yeah so obviously we're doing this podcast thing and um you know, but this is like a, a bit of a coaching conversation. So for people who are listening, it's like a totally—it's like they're listening into a uh, coaching conversation. But um, but for just for the people who, so for the the podcast audience, do you want to like just give us a brief overview of who you are, where you are, and you know how you've sort of come to be getting coached by me, and where we're at now
1: yeah it was yeah so yeah my name's Toby i live in the uk at the moment uh, but <clears throat> historically been living in uh, the best country in the world queensland and and uh, <laughs> yeah I, sorry mate, I got to get name. no, it's uh, so yeah I, I came to running only probably about uh, let me think probably about 5 years ago uh mainly for personal health reasons just lost a load of timber. Always, and I, and I lived in New Zealand at the time, and I always wondered about ultramarathons, so I got in with a few ultramarathons, and they were talking about these distances. You know, they were talking about forty k's, obviously just less than a marathon, but talking about sixty k races, which it, it's like, how, how do you how do you even do that through the mountains, bloody hell! And then when I, I was living in back in, living in Brisbane, I had the opportunity. Uh, well, to be honest with you, just thought, if not now, when? Uh, yeah. Spoke to a local ultramarathon runner about some coaching. And, uh, yeah, he mentioned a couple of coaches. And then, yeah, when you and I had, had our session, and I, I think I've shared this with you before, just to when we were making introductions, the thing that really stuck with me, it was, it was clear you were a really accomplished runner in your own right, but very accomplished coach. This thing that stuck with me—it was just an off-the-cuff comment that you made, that even down that you would discuss the types of socks that I that we would we wear. And and seriously, that sounds really daft. But they was for me as an ultra-marathon newbie, you gave the whole picture that I needed. You know, and so many people say to me when I say my coach is in Adelaide, and obviously I'm literally the other side of the world. Yeah. And they say, oh is, is it just an online program that he sends you? And it's like, well no, you know, there there's that there's that holistic approach that you bring as my coach. Uh yeah. So yeah,
0: thanks for that. Thank, well, thank you, man. That's nice. Giving me a big head. I um no, but you you know, I mean seriously, like there's yeah, as a coach, I've always thought, you know, it's important not just to focus on the one percenters, but you got to focus on the ninety-nine percent Sometimes something as simple as just having the right socks can make a big difference. And so, the th- yeah,
1: the thing is, it's very easy, and I, I appreciate that now because we've been working together for nearly at least a couple of years, I think. Yeah, you know, it's very, it's very easy to take something like that for granted, socks. But if you imagine as a newbie, you know, I'd bloody, I, I would have probably got into Rebel, spent. 10 bucks on a five pack of socks that would have eaten my feet alive on my first 15 K trail run. So, um, it, you know, it's important, I think for us as athletes to, uh, you know, keep hold of, the, you know, remember the little stuff.
0: Yeah. No, thanks, man. And look, no. And I, uh, you know, just one of the small, like, that's one of the things me being a runner i've just i've learned that's more than they don't, they don't talk about socks in coaching courses that often um <laughs> but but um but so you know you've done so in the time i've coached you it's been interesting because i um can honestly say like from when you started i remember one of the things i noticed about you was you were very um and this is, sounds like a criticism I guess it kind of is a little bit of a criticism, but I mean it coming from the right place. It's like you i was—I remember looking at your pacing, and your, a lot of your pacing was really uh, quite all over the place, um, which is not uncommon because a lot of people do that. And then you were very—you um, we, 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 were pacing inconsistently, but now you have be- developed an almost metronomic efficiency with your pace, so much so. The, you're, the, you're Mr. Robot, you know?
1: <laughs> Thank you. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, what really sticks with me. I remember going for just what was a 12K road run. Uh, it, was on, it was on the Friday. Long runs being on the Saturday. Albeit long runs at this time were probably only, you know, 21Ks, if that. I think it was, it was very, very early on in my journey towards becoming an ultramarathon runner. And I went out on the Friday with a mate of mine, 12Ks, and we opened it up in Brizzy. Where we went over to the Brooklyn Gabba, all over South Bank, really just flew however fast I fancied going. And then yeah. on the, which, which was not the prescribed pace. Yeah. And then I remember on the Saturday, I, didn't, I don't think I cooked, but I was buggered. And I remember, it was like, how, how did this happen? What, what, what's going on here? And, and I remember you just saying to me in capital letters, you know, pace, discipline. And that, yeah. that was why that really stuck with me that you've got, you, you've, you've got to have that mindset for keeping stuff in the tank.
0: Yeah. And ultimately
1: I'm, I'm really going to be testing that over the next week.
0: Yeah. Look, Oh, absolutely. I want to get to that. Um, I, I mean, I think it's, it's super fun just to go with the flow sometimes with your running. And like, um, I do it from time to time. And I think once you, and I, especially when you're like, in you know, a few weeks when you're getting back to after you recover from M- MDS, I'll be more than willing to go, yeah, go and just, just go with the flow and, you know, run, run fast. If you feel like running fast, run slow, if you feel like running slow, because I think it's healthy to do that as well. But, um, but generally speaking, yeah, you've got to have a bit of discipline. Like run, mm. you know, running at the right pace at the right time is is vital because so many new runners, they do go too fast, too often, you know, like um, so, yeah. The
1: thing, I think the key one thing that sticks with me as well, and I can picture there's a photograph of me when I finished UTA. And, you know, you, you just come up, I think it's the further steps or it's the very last line of steps, you know, it's a it's a 99 of the 100K or something like that. And and, I, and as soon as I got on the flat, opened it up and sprinted over the finishing line at, what was it, Close <laughs> to one in the morning after running <laughs> 100 kilometers. Now, and the, the reason why I'm sharing that is because, yes, there's a lot of adrenaline there as well. But there's also, you know, that's down to pacing. That's down to keeping stuff in the tank. And that's down to always wanting to finish strong. You know, I do not want to get one step over the finish line and collapse. Don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen, especially uh, later in the year. But it's, yeah. it's, it's that, you know, that that's my mindset. I, I always want to finish a race, fingers crossed, with enough to be able to sprint over the finishing line. That's my sort of pacing.
0: Yeah. Golf. and why not and um no it's great um yeah so you that's another thing so you because when you first met me you said not sure you said over the next two years you'd like to do within two years you'd like to do a 100 mile race is that right
1: and this yeah. is the second year yes, yeah yeah and, and
0: so and so we built and why i said i said look the, a good progression would be to get lots of running up to 50 kilometers and I, and I think we built you up for a 50k uh I forget we which is
1: I think what was I think that? it's important to say when we started working together the furthest I'd run was probably 20k yeah. something like that and then I know I was up for the Brisbane Trail Ultra only the 30ks in I yeah, think yeah. October of the year and then in November I was up for the glass half Full 50k ultra in that, Brisbane, and that was the first ultra.
0: Yeah, and that's they're, they're both pretty hard races, aren't they, like in terms of um, – they,
1: they have their moments, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you got them done, and so you knocked those ones over, and then you were like – then you got a ticket to UTA 100 in the Blue Mountains. Indeed. Yes. And that was a big step up, and um, you attacked your training methodically, and I remember it was really good to see because you were – um, I really liked that, you know, you had to train some, and as everyone who does UTA knows, if you, especially if you live in Australia or in the Southern hemisphere, most of your training is in the hot the height of summer. And then, and then all of a sudden you go over to UTA in, and it could very much be freezing cold. And I remember I, I said that to you, you know, there's every chance it's going to be absolutely freezing. And, you almost couldn't get your head around how cold it could be.
1: <laughs> no, it, yeah. it's funny the number of the number of times when people say to me, "But you're a palm, you should be used to the cold." I'm like, oh no, man, yeah. Queensland has thinned thin my blood. And it's yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember when that that start line on UTA <laughs> uh, it was two degrees. Yeah, and and, and I was thankfully only only just about physically and mentally prepared because you'd given me the heads up in the sort of week or 10 days beforehand saying, I hope it's going to be gold. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, that was, that was good. That that was good training.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I um, mean, you charged through that and it was, it was a pretty um, great emotional experience to go, Base, I mean, to go to do it, the trajectory that you've gone with your running, it's what a lot of people hope to do, but it's not, an easy path going basically 30 50 then 100 um Mm -hmm. without really much in between or you know some people i would generally suggest you know do a few 50k races to get the hang of it spend a bit of time but you just you did you had your mission but i think part of the reason why i had confidence that you could do it is because of the way you approach the training you know you're you're not one to miss workouts willy-nilly in fact i don't know that i've You've ever missed a workout, you know that I'm. I think, a, that...
1: I think if, if I've been crook, I think yeah. I've been crook maybe a couple of times over the couple of years. Yeah. Then I've listened to my body, but no, it's it, it's it goes back, and you know it's uh, it has been quite a journey. Yeah. Quite quite a journey, and quite a personal commitment. To be honest with you, I'm not saying that like I'm like any sort of bloody hero, I and mean, it's just i guess if you want to achieve these things you've just got to have the discipline you know you you've just got to there's no for me when i when i look at the weather it it it's got to, the the weather should only factor in what way is what you know what clothing am i putting on that's it it's just, yeah. it's just it's got to be get out the door and and i have the same time every day that I'm, you know, six days a week that I'm running, I get out the door and I'm probably within five minutes either way of that time. That's, and that's what I have to do. It's, it's that going back to that robot. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I just feel like a machine sometimes, (laughs) Uh, but it's, I, I, I still remember questioning you about that and saying, Dan, I, you know, this sort of, this feeling was totally alien to me, <laughs> you know, and I, and I said, I feel like a machine. And I remember you saying, Toby, that's what we're building. You know, you yeah. just, how far do you need to run? You turn up, you just run. And
0: yeah. That's it. And, and this is the thing too, like, you don't always have to be like, excited to go for a run you know nine times out of ten you just got to go through the motions you know on those that one time out of ten where i feel pumped to go for a run i'm like yeah this is going to be great but i never regret going for a run but i certainly regret not going for a run you know and so yeah. it is it's just you just got to go i mean going it's got to be part of your routine i think routine is got trump's uh motivation any day of the week. Blink of an eye. Yeah.
1: Blink of an eye. And I think the interesting thing is going back to your point as well about, you know, getting pumped for going for a run. You know, the pe- people, people said to me, Oh, have you had a good run this morning? I'm just like, just, just run.
0: Yeah.
1: That, you know, and it's, that, that's what I do. And it's, it's, it's very, I think it's very important for, for people, especially, and I'm certainly not saying like I've got any wealth of experience at all, but people that are looking to get into ultra marathon distances, you, you, you've got to recognise that that need for discipline, but also the fact that, like you say, the majority of your runs, you're just running. Yeah. You Look at your watch. What is your watch telling you? Your paces. How far have you got to go? Just do it and become become that machine, and yeah, leave. And for me, anyway, what works for me, and not that I actually do it intentionally, is I've, I've, and you know I'm actually a very emotional bloke, but when it it comes to my training, you know, I just leave emotion at the door. And one of my mates messaged me last night and said, are you excited for the weekend? As in, you know, flying out to the Sahara. And I I said to him, "Um, not really. (laughs) <laughs> then it's not that I'm not looking forward to it. It's just I just need to turn up, turn it on and just do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, I know that you you enjoy running and I know that you, but you're, as far as getting the process, getting that process done, it's, it's some. you just have to be the, like, as you say, you just have to be that robot, be methodical, yeah. take, take as much of the emotion out of it um as possible that's what works for me anyway yeah and i and i think well it, it works for a lot of top athletes you know it's what what's what they do and i i um and i think you've in, you've sort of really inhabited that that elite mindset and i think and i know you might scoff at that because i know you know you're not you're not out to win a race but you're in it but you you the best the greatest runners in the world that's how they they run you know you're going to get you get to get into this race next week and you can then you can just sort of yes there's a lot it's gonna be a hard race but you can actually look around and go look where i am you know look what i'm I'm running i'm in i'm in northern africa running through the sahara desert with a bunch of other like-minded crazy people in one what is one of the hardest races in the world and just getting to that start line is pretty amazing and fit and to fit enough and and like all the logistics behind it, which I want to talk about in a second, you know, it's it's a huge undertaking, you know, like, and so um yeah, be proud, man, be proud, and in, and Thanks, yeah, bro. I look I look forward to um following you, but um, I, what I want to to talk about is actually talk about the race, and then I'll in a minute I want to ask you about something else that's coming up a, a little bit later in the year, but I won't drop that those that those th- <laughs> four letters, there's four letters yeah. that we um but um so yeah but with um mds so like we've um because we've got a few things we need to talk about as far as coach and athlete perspective you know because like logistically you've got to carry a lot of stuff hey and how's how's all the gear side of things going we're pretty organized
1: yeah um i mean it's a big adjustment clearly the pack i had my last Long run, albeit a take long run. So it was only, I think, what, 15 or 16 Ks at the weekend, full race kit. Yeah, it settles quite nicely, to be honest with you. The the kit itself is very lightweight, but not as sturdy as I might like. So I'm a bit nervous about that. But no, it, it's going fine. I think the biggest adjustment really is going to be the desert gaiters. So I've, I've yeah, got a right. pair of speed, speed Goat Fours, and I'm you know, I've been running in Speedgoat fours. While well, Speedgoats, they're just my trail shoe of choice. Uh, I've got Velcro glued and stitched around the outside that the desert gaiters then attach to. But because of the design of the desert gaiter, they slightly turn up the toe,
0: and right. because
1: of because of the Velcro, it affects the way the shoe sits. So. That'll be that'll be quite an adjustment, and uh, I think if I had to choose which toenail is going to come off first, yeah, it's definitely going to be that one on the right foot. So oh, no, no, ah, oh, mate, you know it's like you know that's a badge of honour. A badge of honour. Uh, uh, no, yeah. I think it's I think it's good to go. I've got everything now. Food wise, I'm happy enough with everything. I've just got to decant my freeze dried food into smaller bags. And then I think I'm pretty much ready to go.
0: Yeah, I I I think you're about as ready as you could be. Um, just let the listeners know a little bit more about like, um, because a lot of them, I mean, people who don't know, you know, you have to carry all your own stuff for basically seven days, food
1: included. it's it's it's, it's basically, you know, you we're running. You don't actually we we only find out when we get there what the course is and what the distances are every day, but work on about 260 to 280 kilometres over six days of running through the Sahara. And they provide the water, but everything else you need for that week, you have to carry. So sleep, first aid, food, obviously, you know, a load of mandatory kit, including, you know, scorpion, sting, suction pump, that was a new one. You don't get that on yeah. UTA. Uh, no. but it, it's, so, it's <laughs> yeah, so, you know, obviously emergency kit. Yeah, basically everything for a week of living and running uh, through the Sahara, apart from water. Obviously sleeping bags, sleeping mats. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, Is it, quite an
0: adventure. It's a lot. And you've got, like, I know you had to go and get an an ECG the other day to prove mm. that you're healthy. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So as does every runner. So it, mm. and it's a bit of a challenge actually, because the balance of public and private healthcare in the UK isn't like Australia. Mm. So it's not like you can rock up and, you know, can I, you know, can I have a ECG oh, yeah. and drop you at 200 bucks?
0: Just for shits so, and meals. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So w- which is why it involved for me, a, you know, a, a five, well, five and a half hour of driving round trip to get this ECG. So, yeah, sorry, it's everybody yeah. that races has to have one.
0: Yep. And did you? Uh, and did obviously
1: the... a, form, a form signed off and everything as
0: well. Oh, it looks good. Your heart's healthy.
1: Yeah, it was great. And we, I was actually in there for less than ten minutes. It was really good. It, you know, I've never had a man shave my chest before. That's the first. Nice. Uh Yeah. Very so good. yeah, The electrodes go yeah. on and all that jazz and. It's it's he actually started printing near his damn it and he said, Oh that's are sorry, he started printing almost straight away and he said, Well that's always a good sign and yeah, it was yeah. signed off and yeah, good to go. So uh,
0: that's good. One less thing to worry about. Um, indeed. Yes. I mean not just for the race, but just for your general health as well. You know, it's that's good to know that the heart <laughs> yeah. works well. Yeah. You, you know, like yeah, yeah. I um yeah, you wouldn't wanna I I mean, I know I mean, because 'cause you're going into a race. Look, I'll bring it up, dude, because I worry people have died in this race and, you know, it's, yes. it's potentially um, a dangerous race. And I, I think even probably last year or the year before someone died.
1: It, it was but, last October, last year, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, but what I, um, like, does that, does, does that worry you or do you feel prepared enough? Oh, mate. I know it's a you dark know, question
1: stuff no it's it's not because it's things like you know i had to get my will updated so i yeah, had my wow. will updated on thursday of last week i yeah. had to get power of attorney sorted for my daughter so that if anything happens she can deal with all my legal affairs mm. you know uh i it's things like making sure when you say goodbye to people making sure they're proper goodbyes like i'm i'm going around to see my two nephew or two of my nephews tomorrow night yeah you know, I, I love i love those boys like my sons you know and yeah you know, i'm seeing my daughter on wednesday nights so the thing is it i it i do i don't know i figure I have a bit of a skewed viewpoint on my own mortality, and I'm certainly not saying this is right. I figure, you know, if uh, I'm not saying I want, you know, I'm not being morbid about this. I'm not meaning to be. I figure if I, if something were to happen, yeah, doing something I love, then you know, that's not a bad way to go. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I still want to have a good few alterers left. And I still want to be celebrating many, many more birthdays and Christmases. But yes. you know, you, you have to be—you have to be philosophical about it because the fact of the matter is, yeah, people die doing this race, yeah. uh, and it's—and people get pretty seriously crook. You know, people yeah. have some pretty horrific injuries. Uh, but then also, people die sat on their sofa, having, sp- having, having spent their life thinking, what if? Yeah. So, it, you know, mate, it, yeah. uh, it, if it happens, it happens, but don't get me wrong.
0: That's it, bro. Um, and look, we're, we're 100% going to die at some point anyway. And I, and yes, yeah. we want, I want you at least <coughs> another 40 or 50 years, please. Um, and yes, so indeed. that, um, but you right. know what, if, if the, um, that guy, that Italian guy, I think he was, um, Mar- was it Maro or Mario Prosperi? He got lost for 10 days during the 1994 yeah. MDS, ended up drinking yeah. bats' blood, and um, he survived. You know, it was, that's an, you, have you followed that story? Did you read about that incredible story?
1: I, it, yeah, I have done in, in, the, in the past, well, a few months yeah. ago now. It's, uh, yeah, there's might some, be- some crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, look, it is extreme. I mean, he, that's a story that I think people should look up. I might put a link to it. Um, but, you know, like, I think statistically, people in any event, you, you're, you're going in in very good shape. Like, you're very fit. I'd probably say, I dare say you're probably the fittest you've been since I've been coaching you, which was the plan up to this point. And you're healthy. You're not a, you know, like, and we're going in as prepared as possible. So yeah, that puts you statistically in a very a good category, you know. Like you, you're, not yes. un- you're not going in under you're not going in under trained. I don't think. Um, I'm really glad. I oh, was it last month or whatever, whenever it was, we did the um, and this is a bit the of half insight. End, yes, the half very, MBS. yeah, pretty insightful. I think. Yes. Yeah.
1: Very very useful. Uh, just just briefly to to before we move on from the whole. Dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact is, it, it, it fact is, it's risk and reward, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you
1: know, and that it's we in everything we do in life. You know, getting going out for a drive on the highway, but we don't think about you know we don't think about the risk associated with that because we do it most days, and it's, it's only the fact that we as ultra marathon runners are pushing. You know, we we face oblivion and we say, excuse my language, fuck you, and we keep on going. (laughs)
0: That's it, man. Yeah. No, and this is so right, so true. You know, like that's part of the appeal of running ultras is is you're pushing yourself to your physical and emotional limits. And so, I mean, as much as a race like this, I mean, it's a huge logistical undertaking, you know, because, you know, I remember during when you were doing that half MDS and you were just, you messaged me or something and you said, oh, I'm just feeling, you know, we were doing half the distance of what we expect mm-hmm. the race to be every day. You were doing, we had you doing it under race conditions as much as possible. So yeah. you were carrying all your gear. So.
1: Sleeping on the floor. You,
0: sleeping on the floor because you'll be sleeping On the ground um what else is and eating rations eating just nothing but rations
1: yeah and and, that that was i remember there was the one morning there getting up so imagine in january in the uk it was either the end of january or the beginning of february i think wasn't it either way you know the depths of winter in the uk waking up at four o'clock in the morning to go and drive to the hills, to then run through the mud and the rain, carrying full race kit, get back, get showered and then go to work. I could tell you now, that was a bit ordinary, my friend.
0: So that's mental toughness right there. And I think there was one day, I don't even know if it was during the MDS, but you put a video on Instagram and it was snowing. And I just said, I think I said something like, I'll just maybe pretend it's a snowstorm. I mean, a a sandstorm, not a snowstorm. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and when you were really flat that day, that one of those days, and we figured out that you were not eating enough, you weren't getting enough calories in. And so I sort of, my conclusion was, you know, let's, if you're going to carry a bit of extra weight. It might as well be food weight. Yes. And <laughs> yeah.
1: that's, again, that's, it's interesting you bring that up, Dan, because quite a few people ask about how heavy my pack is. And I've stopped weighing my kit now. Mainly because obviously I've had my kit together for a while, but also the fact that I know it. Let's, let's say it's a, it'll be about seven and a half kilos, and the minimum is six and a half kilos. But obviously, yeah. you've got to add water to that, so it's going to be a touch over nine kilos. Yeah, but I know that the only luxury in that pack. Is an appropriate level of tailwind, you know, appropriate volume of tailwind for my running. Yeah, you know, I, I have no books, I have no spare sets of kit, I have no, uh, you know, mobile phone and power bank. So yeah, the, yeah. We, the now the weight is as it is, because I would rather coming back to the point about finishing strong. I yeah. would rather finish the race and finish every day strong because I have fueled appropriately than yeah. be just trudging through it. Because imagine trudging, to, let's say, 280 kilometers through the Sahara Desert. You yeah. Know, that, it's busy, going to be tough, tough. It is, And of course, the great thing is because the vast majority of it is food and fuel, it's going to go down, phenomenally every day i think the one day the long day it would be going down by over a kilo Woo-hoo!
0: yeah that's it so you're, you're literally going to be losing <clears> the, the food weight and you know it's better in your body and we've i mean we've spent a lot of time talking about what you're going to eat um post-run because you know you're in the bivouac and there's basically everything there's it's not like you go and get to stay in a hotel afterwards you're camping out in the desert you know it's like <laughs> it's so and in many ways, I think, um, and I've seen this in multi-day events before with people, is that they, it's usually by about the second or, th- or maybe about the third day, people start to, like their, their mindset sh- shifts and they sort of, their, and their body gets used to being in that environment, whatever the racing environment is. And even though, yes, the fatigue is there, they sort of, it becomes almost easier in a sense, because you're just like, well, this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> and it's the sole and focus.
1: Indeed, and I think the thing is, Dan, the fact that I know I can put up with discomfort. I mean, don't get me wrong; I, you know, I have a beautiful home and everything. But I've, you know, I've, I've done mountaineering over the years, and I, I can, I know I can put up with the, with the discomfort of you know bivouac living for a week. I think this, the key thing is. What we really need to do, whether it is running or recovering, is we endure. That's yeah. what we need to do. As ultramarathon runners, what do we do? We grit our teeth and we endure and we keep yeah. on going. And we can either, you know, I, I, I can either spend my time in the bivouac thinking, Jesus Christ, these camel spiders are big buggers, or... Yeah. I can just focus. I can just work on my recovery, endure and get ready for the next day because that is what we do.
0: That's it. Um, I think I I know that um, once you get going, I'm sure, and I know that the build-up to a race, you just want to get, get moving, don't you? You just want to get moving. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a relief, <clears throat> you know? So, yes. um And then, so before I move on to the next thing, so, um, the what is it? What do you think? What is a successful race? I'll start again. What does a successful race look like for you, Toby?
1: Honestly, mate, I it would be first and foremost, completing. Yeah. Second, secondly, uh, I can't quite say enjoying it, but getting as much out of it as I can, if that makes sense. You know, whether that's the, the camaraderie with the other runners, whether that's the self-fulfillment. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I want it to be, you know, I want to get everything, as much from the experience as I possibly can. But no, I, I'm happy just to finish, to be honest with you. yeah. I guess what I think probably... After the first couple of days, I'll see where I am in the pack, see how I'm performing. I've, I've got an idea on the pace that I'm looking looking at. Yeah. After the first couple of days, probably make the call on where I'd like to finish in the pack. But, mate, if you think I'm sharing that now, nah, no way. But I, I, I've, got an, I've got an idea of where I'd like to be.
0: Yeah, that's good. No, and I think um, as we've talked about so much is, and because you've been so process focused, I think that is probably the most important thing though, is just to focus on the date on on your task at hand. And then maybe later on when you look around you and go and you look on the th- on the standings and go, yeah, I'm doing all right. And I think the fact that we've got a really good um we're making sure you're getting a lot of calories in um and a lot of calories in the evenings so that you're recovering well um we we want to make sure that you you want to be the one that's still feeling stronger strongish towards the end you know like yes. um because you know i think a race of this magnitude it's um it's like the bigger the longer the race the the greater the risk of um the old dnf and so um mm-hmm. so yeah and look and i i i wouldn't see that as a i mean i don't i don't think you don't want to do anything fatal as they say the DNF can mean did nothing fatal and so no. um, but we want to I think you're in a good position to run a good race so you've done all the um, as a, from a coaching standpoint your fitness is good and as you know I've been getting you to run a little bit this past week like actual running with a bit of speed just mm. to really maximize your um, your 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 strength and your aerobic yes. fitness as well because you're going to be doing a most of what you most of your movement is going to be quite slow and a lot of hiking, you know? So, Jeez. but, um, but yeah, when we've done, you've done a, a ton of hiking. So I feel, I, I feel pretty confident in, in where you're at. So, yeah, that's good, man. Um, the other thing I want to, before I might move on a little bit, because I'm going to, we're going to have you back on the podcast again in a little while. Um, because this is just part one of a three part interview series that I want to do with you because you know you're um got a few things coming up you've got something else coming up in August of this year twenty twenty two so after you complete what probably the, the one of the toughest desert races in the world you 're doing something in europe what are you doing over there in europe
1: yeah on one yeah uh the Ultra Trail to Mont Blanc, UTMB.
0: In U- T- UTMB. you got a place. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. It, it is indeed. And uh, I still can't quite believe it now, mate. Me. Yeah. You running UTMB. How the bloody hell did that happen? But, mm. you know, it's, it's uh, you know, the point you made when we started working together that I wanted to run a 100-mile race within a couple of years... Well, yeah, be careful what you wish for, hey?
0: Yeah, you, um, I feel like you mapped out a long term plan and we put that plan <clears> into <throat> place, you know, and it's, and here we are. So, um, well, I mean, MDS wasn't really on the radar initially, was it? And so, no, but, not at all. Yeah, but you know, he, now you, you're committed and it's going to be an amazing experience. And then you get to, but I mean, UTMB is just like the pinnacle, you know. Of I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm equal parts jealous and proud, you know, to see you get yeah. over there, and um, you know, you get to run. In the same, in the company, in the presence of some of the greatest ultra runners in the world, and in a great atmosphere, in a beautiful place. So, um, yeah, yeah, and,
1: I, and you know that that really. That's not lost on me. It's it's quite you know it's very easy to say awe inspiring, but it it is awe in awe inspiring. You know it is inspiring awe in me. the fact that I can't quite believe. First of all, it's it me. I, I I was pretty stoked when I qualified for the lottery. Yeah, let alone then getting a place, and then it's like. Just hold on a minute. I'm going to be, I'm going to be running in the same race as Beth Pascal, you know, Jim Walmsley, Killian. Like, yeah. I'm going to be in the same race as them. What? I'm fifty this year. How did that happen? You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool.
0: So good, man. But you know, you, it's what you're doing is equally impressive. It's a challenge to those athletes as well yes they're racing and they're faster but you know this is like you know like i know a lot of uh runners suffer from like imposter syndrome you know you don't it's a sign of humility i think but it's sort of like um you're no imposter man because you train with the mindset of an elite athlete you know and regardless look we we can all dream like i from from when i was a kid i dreamed of being the winning an an olympic gold medal in the marathon and you know like i'd never had the physiology for it but you know like i'm so you know that feeling of just like there's so much you can do to see how much you can squeeze out how much potential you can squeeze out of yourself and you know like when you get to a point in your life when you can't run anymore you know when you're when you're an old bastard you know like you'd be able to go i i took a huge risk and i went and i I entered the biggest race in the world for ultra runners, and you know like I just think that even if you are no matter how whatever the outcome is the fact that you're you're daring to step into the ring with these for these races it's amazing man, like I would be um yeah you should be yeah. you're you're allowed to let the uh the robot put the robot aside for a little while and enjoy that, but I think it's important that we um keep the keep the robot at Front and center until we um, until after MDS, and then again and then have a little bit of a uh, relax and, and party, and then robot comes back out, and then after UTMB, I think um, you can let that emotion come through.
1: <laughs> I can tell you now, mate. There there were there were a few tears after UTA. They'll know that'd be a few tears after MDS.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: U- U- UTMB. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's great.
1: Yeah. My my daughter and her partner are coming out to crew me uh, oh, for they UTMB.
0: Go- yes. Oh, that's um, going to be great.
1: And it's actually, UTMB finishes on the 28th of August. And it's my yeah. daughter's birthday on the 29th. So, yeah, yeah. it'll be a, a big weekend.
0: Oh, buddy. That's going to be lovely. You're getting emotional just thinking about. Well, here's something else for you, MDS. You start Mm. MDS on my wife's birthday, so you can um, you you can dedicate the first day to my wife.
1: Uh, Good on you, Kate.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but um, no, dude, that's yeah. So what I guess um, yeah, so many big things that you've you've taken on, and you know, there's even we could. Maybe next – we, we don't, there's so much more in your life that you've done that's really impressive. And, but as an ultra runner, you know, the, your ultra running journey has been like pretty bloody um, meteoric, you know. Like I think regardless of whichever way you look at it, I dare say you're faster over every distance from probably five kilometres to 100 kilometres. Um, you're stronger and you've adopted such a strong mindset. So, yeah, it's been a, a, a real honour coaching you through this period and especially like last couple of years you know we've obviously with covid and you know look and and this is the craziest thing is to feel like a a sense of camaraderie and closeness to a a person that we've never actually met in person which will probably blow a lot of people's minds but that's i'm very grateful to um to technology and we can we can stare at each other's um ugly faces and um and have a laugh and you know we've shared lots of chats and so, and yeah, I look forward to many more. And when you decide, oh, maybe one of these days we'll meet somewhere in the middle, or we'll come and you know we'll have a we'll have a run together, and um, it'll be fun times. And uh, but um, Man,
1: mate, it, it'll be fun times for you. I'm not sure I could keep up with you in pace or distance, but I appreciate uh, the point
0: you're making. I don't know, maybe not. Are oh, you getting there? Well, don't worry. I <laughs> here's a question for you. Do you, are you even a little bit curious as to what I've got in store for you in the coaching front between now and UTMB? <laughs> I,
1: I, I, look, I, I struggle with recovery from training as it is. I don't need to lie awake at night worrying yeah. about what you've got in store for me. No, it, or seriously, as far as I'm, I'm I'm thinking, you know, it's MDS a week off yeah. and then yeah. into the UTMB training. I think, and we can probably talk about this another time it's you know yeah. i think from a, from a race strategy perspective for u t m b you know it's going to be strong, strong power hiking up the hills, but then working on my downhill running that's one thing I'm really, really conscious of that that's where I'm going to you know, recover some time. I was going to say, yeah. make, you know, certainly not make my way up the pack of UTMB, but it's it's got to be working on that downhills. But ultimately, that's why you're the coach. I, yeah. I'm the robot.
0: I, I think, I mean, my number one objective for you is to get through MDS in, um, obviously you're going to be bloody, you're, you're going to take yourself to the absolute, to the well, you're going to, but as long as you don't, I don't want to see any mechanical breakages as in ankles knees you know like that sort of stuff you know because yes we'll give you a bit of a recovery period but i w- my dream for you is to to come out of it largely undamaged and so that we can then build you up because i have it on good authority and just the, the all the hiking experience that you're going you're getting with uh, mds is going to serve you really well in um mm-hmm. in utmb and so you're um you're absolutely yeah like I say, the, and, you know, the longer people train without getting injured, the better the success, you know, like, because, you know, even so, but yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll worry about, we'll just focus on one week at a time and next week is kind of a decent size week for you. So you've got a, you got a 250 kilometer week ahead of you through the desert yeah. with, with at least seven to eight kilos. Um, on your back? Yeah.
1: Sorry, that that is the that is the first time I've actually thought of it that way. Is the way you just said it? Yeah. A two hundred and fifty-kilometer <laughs> week? Like, okay, that that's up to the training load a bit.
0: It is. This is it's extreme. Hence the reason you've got to go slow. You know, yeah. I don't know. I actually clearly with that much weight on your back, you can't run very fast. You know, it's it's and then. You add in the intensity of that sun, and um, yeah, there's a lot of factors. So um, yeah, we've got to go slow. And start out like the old ultra um, mantra is start out slow, and then slow down. Go slow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, I look, Toby, I'm I'm absolutely confident that you're gonna you're gonna do it well, and you're going to um, you're gonna pace well. You're going to have a good experience you're going to have a bad experience as well but i hope that like in the in the democracy of good versus bad and mm. i hope that you get more votes in the for the good experience you know think, so um
1: i think it's made, the, the sweet doesn't taste so sweet without the sour
0: <laughs> ah that's almost romantic yeah no it's good
1: <laughs> you know i'm a smooth bugger
0: yeah you are um no that's that's really good i think it's a perfect spot to wrap up the podcast, but I've got, I've got three, I've got two questions for you. Okay. Before we go two rapid questions. So question one, what is your least favorite workout?
1: Oh, again, uh, it, would, uh, it would, it would have to be pucums. Sorry. I mean, hill sprints.
0: Hill sprints. But, yeah,
1: hit, yeah. Hill sprints. But then I know they've got to be done. And yeah. I, I, when I get to the top and I feel like I'm going to pu- puke up my brekkie, then I know I'm doing them right.
0: Just, just right. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've been, I haven't given you too many lately, so you're, um, no. you're lucky. Um, the, uh, and the second question is, when you get back to civilization after MDS, what is the meal or drink or whatever that you are most looking forward to having? Because I know you, you, you do like a good meal.
1: Uh, I am a bit of a foodie. So, yeah, it's, yeah I'm, I'm very conscious that after a, a week of mostly powders with the occasional yeah. freeze-dried meal thrown in, you know, my sort of stomach isn't going to be up to much. What I'm actually looking forward to is uh, my daughter uh, has said, she, she's actually going on holiday the day I get back. What she's going to yeah. do is make me a lasagna. I love lasagna. She's going nice. to make me a lasagna, bring it and put it in the fridge so that when I get home, all I've got to think about is taking the fridge, taking, taking the lasagna out, sticking it in the oven, and that will be, you know, sitting at my table with my medal, fingers crossed, around my neck. Nice. Eating, my da- eating my daughter's lasagna, yeah, you know that'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's going to be good. Now, and you've got look, yeah, you probably have a fair bit of uh meat to get back on your bones, despite all the best caloric uh, intake during the race. I'm going to say yeah. we'll give you have a little break from Tailwind for for a couple of weeks, and um, so um, but you know, yeah, and then um. But yeah, and eat all the nice, delicious. Get some protein in, and um, and then it'd be it'd be nice. But yeah, something to look forward to. All right. Yeah. Um, well, we'll um, the listeners will see you again in the next episode of um, the Toby Durnell Experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor listeners! I apologise in advance.
0: <laughs> Don't need to apologise, mate. No. It's gonna be awesome. Good stuff. All Good. right. Good. Cool.